0: I don't know where everybody is. We're supposed to do a game source Halloween special and there's nobody around. Let me go go down here this hallway. Real quick. Let me just turn on my flashlight here. That's better. That's better. That's better. Oh my gosh, what's that noise? Oh, 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 oh. So creepy. So creepy. So scary. It's okay. It's okay. It's the game source Halloween special. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Just fine. Just fine. Everything's going to be fine. Where's everybody? Jamie? Lonnie? Game Source? What's What's that? 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 Game across. There's a Pac Man, the Pac Man, go, 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 Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What's up, world?
1: Uh, I just, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know. I, I don't know. They, they, they.
2: Insert here. Yo.
1: It's a terrible game. Bottom line, it's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Uh, angry Nick Mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Uh, uh, angry Nick Mad. Or if there's
2: violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Haza Harari. Kaz harai. 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 They just kind of got tired
0: of Angry Nick on the first one and said,
2: hey, I'm gonna pass.
0: Oh yeah, so I do. It's me precisely. No, no. no. I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No, no, Man, I'm i do Oh, thank you. I try.
1: I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda. ...is what carries Nintendo at this point.
2: Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes.
1: You will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPG have that.
3: They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my... God, I want to bang my
0: head into a wall. It's a podcast podcast. Can someone
1: remind me? I thought
3: it was a video game podcast.
2: You are listening to the Game Source Podcast. And welcome, everyone, to our annual Halloween podcast. This is GameSource, yourgamesource.com. Scary indeed, I know. This is. uh, Luchador Gerardo, better known as Yes, Elvis Lives. Yeah, that was bad, I know. Um, and I'm here today with three outstanding guests. Um, I First off, well, because Google has him to the farthest to the left, actually first in line, I guess, would be the L.A. Kings fan himself, because they're on a roll anyways. Um, it is Josh Peterson, the author of Vendetta Dark, which you can get right now on Amazon. Um... Howdy, doody, Josh. That's right. What's up, guys? Whoa! I good can't breathe on this thing. <laughs> you too. And uh, <laughs> next we have. Uh, Doug. I, I don't. I don't want
3: to spoil. I don't want to spoil the game later. But over under on Gerald passing out with that mask.
2: Uh, <laughs> Twenty minutes on me. <laughs> it's, All right. I'll uh, take you under. It's, well, and then we have uh, Doug, our good friend Doug, uh, the owner of Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada.
4: I don't have a cool name like our
3: host.
2: You gotta get one, man. <laughs> that's well that yes elvis lives is my gamer tag. So that's I all that's all so if you ever see me on online, you know, friend requests and all that stuff, it's uh, PSN, Xbox, Live, all that. T.S. Yes, elvis Lives, one word. Okay. Uh, and then well we also have um, our guest also from last night, the man himself, a great, great part of game source and the experience that we have. His name is Rob McCallum, the director of the world-famous movie. Can I say now it's world-famous? Uh, yeah, I guess it has. How, what? how how far? Okay, when you were shipping out to take care of all the orders and all the great great customers that you had, as far as you know, that that backed the campaign. What's the farthest you sent one out?
3: Uh, we, well, we sent to Japan and England and Germany and Sicily and Malta, and uh, one person in Africa supported it. There are some people
2: in South America. So so like I said, the world-famous director uh, for the world-famous uh, movie, uh, gaming documentary, which you have to see. It's on Vimeo. You, you can watch it right after the podcast. It is Rob McCallum with Nintendo Quest. But he's here also to talk about his latest documentary, which he announced on social media and then on our podcast last night, which you can catch again if you want. It's on, uh, well, it's on Twitch, it's on YouTube, and it's also on yourgamesource.com. It is Rob McCallum. How are you, sir?
3: Doing well. Thanks for having me. It's fun as usual. Excited to be here. Yeah.
2: I know I should be screaming something, either in Latin, uh, Spanish, or, or you know, uh, something as far as it's concerned with this mask on. But uh, we're going to try and uh, keep the flow as it were. And uh, I know Josh, uh, he's been a busy man because uh, the first thing we want to really get into... Um, Well, actually, you know, we talked about box art uh, last night in great detail. So before we we start off with with all the nitty-gritty as far as what video game is concerned, um, I want to talk a little bit about box art, uh, the new gaming documentary that you announced yesterday. And a great part of why Douglas is here, not just outside of, you know, just seeing me embarrass myself in front of millions, is just uh, as far as you want to talk more about... How Doug and, and Nicole, the great people at Retro City Games, um, and their part in this whole story. And also, you know, words from you, Douglas, as far as being a part of it as well. Well, I'll just
3: let Doug take over, because I feel like I said a lot yesterday. So, you know, Doug uh, is, is now a filmmaker, a producer extraordinaire, <laughs> yeah. along with Nicole, and uh, that's a pretty cool endeavor. Uh, so, Doug, why don't you... I don't know, why don't you tell people how this all kind of happened?
4: Um, it's It's... Kind of something that fell into our laps. I mean, the Colonial and I own Retro City Games here in Las Vegas, and um, I mean, we take trades, and we're always looking for unique things, things that are kind of outside the box, not just video games, not just like your standard consoles and stuff. We love to take figurines, we love to take art, even stuff that's fan-done or on consignment in our store. And we had a guy walk in with some promo stuff one day, um, and he had very little. He had just like an envelope full of just a few pieces of, Not even, like, sketches, but they were kind of um,
3: uh, photocopies. Like, almost photocopies,
4: yeah. Yeah, it was photocopies of storyboards. And a couple film cells. and he said, I have this, and I have a um, Game Boy kiosk that I'm looking to sell. And so we worked out a deal on it, and we said, okay. And he's like, oh, by the way, I have more art. And I said, oh, we'd love to see it, and we're interested. And a couple days later, he comes in with the rest of the stuff, and... It's no longer just one envelope. It is a whole Rubbermaid um, storage unit or storage container full of developmental art. It's hand-drawn storyboards. I mean, for tons of games that SETA worked on, everything from Game Boy games to NES games to Super Nintendo games, and it's it's more than just the art. It's, it's the design of logos. It's unfinished logos. It's how they were going to apply color, alternate color schemes to logos, and box art. Um, there's uncut manuals, there's master prints for box art, there's it's just everything that would go into creating a game in the 90s. And we kind of sat here and milled over it for a couple days, just ooing and eyeing over it, going, you know, is this too much for one collection, but also, how do you get rid of it? Because <laughs> we, we obviously wanted some of it, and we know tons of people that did, but you, you can't really break it up, you can't really move it. And then we realized we know nothing about this stuff. Like, it's cool, and we love it, and there's it's amazing stuff, but there's n- there's no information on how games are made and why this would be important to the final product. And we had talked to Rob about wanting to at least document everything that's there, do a cohesive and concise, you know, display of what we had and just kind of preserve it and, you know, kind of put it out there. And Rob had suggested that day when he finally saw it in person that, Hey, maybe we should make this into something a little bigger. And in the weeks that followed, here we are.
3: Yeah, it was really that that moment of uh, what is this and who did this and what is that story? That that was the hook. And then it was like, wait a second, this isn't an isolated incident. I couldn't tell you who the artist is on ninety percent of my favorite, you know, game pieces that you know art covers that have been done. Why is that the case? You know who did. You know, uh, you, you know who did comic book covers. You know who does magazine covers. But you don't know who does video game art, for the most part, I don't think. So we hope that the doc kind of ventures down that path and puts some faces, you know, connects them with some images and get some stories along the way. And, of course, look at the role of box art in the early days to the role of box art now, the relationship that the gamer has with each uh, and more. The more I think about it, every hour that passes, more ideas cross into my head and this thing, which may seem niche on the surface, continues to sprawl and expand and become more important than cool, which is always nice, I think.
4: Likewise, it, it definitely expanded very quickly into something that's bigger than just the stuff that walked in, and you know, like Rob said, it's, it's there's every game has art to it, and every game, I mean, it's all approached differently, I mean, everything from paintings to sketches to a screenshot, so it's, it, it became a much bigger picture, and... It's even funny, like with Rob, where when we first sent him the pictures, he was out of town. We had just sent him, you know, photographs on our phone, just little things, and he was just kind of like, "Oh, that's cool," and because just a picture of it didn't do it justice. But once he saw everything together and he saw that whole, you know, thought process that went into a game, it kind of sparked something. I think not only in Rob's mind, but in all of us.
2: Uh, yeah. And I definitely look forward to it as well. But Rob, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, it's like most art. You've got to
3: see it in person to really kind of yeah. get it. You know, we see pictures of the Mona Lisa online and on the internet, but when you see that actual thing hanging in front of you, it's it's different. And this is no different. And Doug says, you know, it's an 18-gallon Rubbermaid bin, but there's no top on the bin because all this stuff is sprawling out of it. That's all that this guy kind of chose to put everything kind of layered in. It's It's like... I don't know, Bristol board kind of size stuff that's just kind of housed well, in that container. And and that's going to be the driving narrative of the film, trying to figure out what that stuff that Doug and Nicole have is, what's the story. And at the end, hopefully we'll have all our answers. Meanwhile, we'll jump back and forth to, uh, you know, the process and evolution of Box art and who's part of that story. So it'll be a two-hander is what I call it.
2: Oh, yeah. Any last uh, thoughts like I said it's again it's box art the gaming documentary uh, it's something that uh, I know is um, actually just garnered in the in a what almost a little over a day that since you've announced it it's garnered a lot of interest from social media out there so Doug when you hear something like that what are your thoughts oh it's amazing I mean we're already
4: getting messages about it I already have people approaching me in the store about it. Um, everybody's excited because everybody has those same thoughts. It's everybody loves the art of video games, I and mean, it's hard to like a game and not be attracted to the art because it is a visual medium. But no, nobody knows anything about it, even even the, the basics. I mean, even Rob said before that you know he doesn't know the names of 90% of his favorite you know video game artists. I'll bet you most of the people that walk into my shop or our shop don't know any. I mean, it is rare that somebody knows anybody outside of, like, a big developer name, like, you know, Kojima. Uh, it's it's a, it's very rare, even the, the hardcore gamers, because it's not that they don't care, it's just unless you dig for that information, it's not there. So, I mean, I, I'm excited about this project, and I'm, I'm excited to see where it takes us. I mean, I think we're all keeping a pretty open mind on to where it heads, and kind of letting the documentary drive itself, I think, at this point.
3: What, what, I re- what I really like about it, Gerald, sort of just to jump in with one oh, last no thought is, in comparison to something like Nintendo Quest, sure, the NES library and Nintendo may have a lot of fans, <laughs> but everyone loves game art. You don't. It doesn't matter what era, and you can have an appreciation for the stuff that was done in the Atari or in television age, even if your first console is like a PS4. I think you can have that appreciation because art is art at the end of the day. You know, so I think because it's art, it transcends brand allegiances, uh, biases, and I think it's just a really cool way to do a universal subject on gaming. Um, And I think I said yesterday the only other topic that would be similar would be a, a documentary on video game music, and that's already happening. Yeah. So this seemed like the logical kind of... Other thing to do, and it's it's been really humbling to see how many people love it. And today we announced, you know, Patrick Scott Patterson, who of course appears in Nintendo Quest, is now on board on, as a producer. So uh, with his contacts in the industry, with his passion for archiving, you know, these physical artifacts and elements, it, it's it the the story continues to take on a weight of importance, which is great.
2: Uh, absolutely. And uh, definitely, indeed, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to see what, you know, not only uh, what you come up with, but all the great uh, designs from the past. I know we talked about on on last on the last episode as far as uh, the memories that uh, box art did for me back in the day and how it influenced me to buy or not to buy. Um, and I also pointed out exactly how much more detailed they were in years gone by, uh, and they seem much more simplified now. So um, the game art and box art, as it were, um, really is just something that has not been approached, and we truly appreciate uh, as gamers uh, that you guys are going to approach this and tackle the subject uh, head on. So, sure. um, Wait
3: till you see the Internet explode tomorrow, Gerald, when I ask people to post their favorite piece of box art.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's going to be something indeed. Um. Also, is um, you know, as far as it's concerned, I, somebody's asking me why am I wearing a mask, and I just said, uh, "Halloween, baby, Halloween." He's he's um, taking the night off. It's yes, 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 yes. Uh, and I just spelled Halloween wrong. That was great. That's what happens when you're trying to type with a mask on. Um, well, Josh, you know, he he's had like I said, he you have a busy plate, my friend. Because back-to-back, you got Assassin's Creed and then Halo 5. And you've, wow. uh, you've offered to tackle yeah. both those big AAA titles on as far as for reviews and thoughts for us that we will be posting on yourgamesource.com. Um, a lot of controversy has come out as far as this week with Halo 5 in regards to its uh, campaign. And I know you have your thoughts because you played through the campaign um, with Assassin's Creed... Um, The word on the street is, and from what I've seen, uh, and I watched it for several hours already over the past week uh, to get myself familiarized with everything that's going on and how it is, um, take all the the control issues that that have been a norm for the series aside, uh, this seems to be a step back in the right direction after the debacle that was known as Assassin's Creed Unity. But uh, I'll let you take the floor, Josh. Uh, You tell us your thoughts as far as it's concerned. And, uh, you know, guys, if you want to jump in with your, your thoughts as well or questions for Josh, uh, he's the man to talk about it. Because he's, like I said, he's played through a little bit of Assassin's Creed Syndicate and a lot of Halo 5. Correct, sir? Correct. All right. Well, first of all, let me let me say my the most
1: disappointing thing about Halo 5 is that when I finished it, the first question I asked myself was, why does this game exist? So it was... They yeah they they took like
3: Halo has is that this like amazing, an existential question or is that like a regret <laughs> kind of question? Well, was that, it was like,
1: Where did my life go?
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: well, because I love Halo. They they have the, the the game is beautiful. They have this rich mythology, but the game the the campaign it really didn't add anything to the story. They took like a lazy plot and they just turned it into you know a video game. When they announced the Forerunner saga, I was expecting you know, more forerunners, but I, I don't want to, like,
3: have you guys played the game yet? Nope. No. No. Okay, I, I don't want to spoil we don't, it. Uh, we actually, we don't have Xbox console, so do, go ahead.
4: Honestly, I don't intend to, so.
1: Okay, well, what ha- the villain in this game, because uh, in the last game is the didact, but the villain in this game is Cortana. Of course it is. Spoilers yes. out
2: there, spoilers for everyone. But yes. yes, I thought actually I watched uh, you know, I've I've been uh, I you know, before it even came out, so many streamers actually already had it and uh were, you know, they were playing through the campaign. So it was already for many people uh already known the outcome of it and and um but yeah, you know, you like you said it it, it just kind of, that that starts off on a on a on a downhill track, does it not? Oh, yeah,
1: because, well, through, like, half the game, they make you think you're trying to rescue Cortana from uh, this forerunner called the Warden, but when you get to the end of it, it's really just... It, it doesn't make any sense. Like, they are really reaching for a plot with this one. So that was... Uh, yeah, it is a little disappointing. The game itself is fun. Gameplay is good. The, the You know, the maps all look beautiful. The only thing I... Another thing about the story I didn't like was the jumping back and forth between Locke and Master Chief, because they...
2: And there's know, very few there's very few um, campaign um, levels devoted to the Chief's crew, is that correct?
1: That is correct. And what they did was they went back, and, you know, they have characters come back, like, uh, you know, you have Palmer, you have uh, the Arbiter is back, but they just took these characters, and they didn't really develop them anymore. Like, the Arbiter is there, he says maybe, like, four or five words, and then he just kind of shoots things, so... They they have all this stuff they could have done but they didn't do it so it's kind of I don't know I, Halo Six better be really good because that's otherwise it's gonna make Halo Five just seem like a waste of time.
3: It seems like such a shame, man, because Halo is like one of those first person shooters that has always had like a strong like story and campaign and now it feels like it's gone to the Call of Duty route where there's oh, right. you know like a campaign for the sake of having one, but it's all about more about the multiplayer at this point. Yeah. You know, it feels like they, that's like a missed opportunity for like a staple that the series has been known at, you know, the two handed punch of a great campaign and a resonating story and some fun multiplayer action. Now it's just like, well, here's a little bit of narrative, but you, you just want the multiplayer, right? Cause everybody likes that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I've always my my big thing with Halo is always the campaign. That's like that, that. This is the only series of games that I will wait outside the store for at midnight to be released.
2: But with the multiplayer, wow. you know, I, I we do want to say that the multiplayer, according to a lot of individuals, is um, about as uh, good and well developed from that aspect of the game as um, the well the now infamous Halo Two. Uh, multiplayer, which I played for for at least two, three years on straight and and something that that yeah. you know still has enjoyment today and I think that Halo Two in many ways was groundbreaking with its multiplayer. Um, Halo Five seems to be something that has taken off as far as positive word of uh, of mouth from their multiplayer standpoint. But I can see, as as far as it's concerned, like you, you know, people want to get into mythology of Halo. You know, I went to the bookstore today and saw a complete row of different Halo uh, novels. I I've I've read a couple myself, and and but there there's just so much in the Halo universe that that can be explored, and to see it, I guess, an opportunity like that wasted is kind of disappointing. On that end, is it not, Josh?
1: Yeah, well and they kind of wrote this story under the assumption that everyone playing Halo has already read the books and the comic books. So that's another problem. But the multiplayer is fantastic. Yeah, if you're if you're in it for the multiplayer, it's definitely worth getting.
3: Well, clearly I think that's where they put all their assets into like when it came to priorities of this. Where are we going to get the most bang for our buck? Do they have microtransactions yet? What's the DLC going to cater to? Probably not the campaign. It's probably going to be the multiplayer, right? So if they're going to kind of focus on one side for their budget and there's only so many man hours and dollars, it's probably going to be multiplayer nowadays. That's how we continue to give games life.
4: Well, hasn't that also been kind of like Microsoft's fault with, you know, losing the exclusive contract with, you know, Bungie and kind of sure three four three for that exact experience? I mean, even when they were sending out, like, the casting calls and everything for a new dev team, they were kind of focusing on people with multiplayer experience, you know, server experience. They were were focusing on multiplayer since Bungie left, so I I don't think it's that surprising. It's kind of the reason I kind of fell out of love with it. I mean, 2 is the last one I beat, but I mean, I really haven't played the last couple because I just couldn't get into them. They seem kind of lazy. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And again, going back to uh, I I would Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go
3: ahead. It seems like it's akin to the same reason why people wouldn't play other Bond games after GoldenEye because Rare wasn't doing them. You know, once just because you have the franchise doesn't mean it's going to be a good game. Sure, you might push some more units than an unknown IP, but it's got to be that team in place. And it's time that you know studios get the respect they deserve from the publishers. I think.
2: Yeah. In many ways, it reminds me of um, Halo 2 in that the the campaign itself, which you said you finished, Douglas. I finished it as well. But the first time I went through it on a co-op with a friend, I was actually in the restroom at the time because I didn't think it was in the end, and all of a sudden the credits are rolling up, and I, like like everyone out there, I came back out and just like, that's it, that was the ending? Um, so I know there were some issues with the Halo 2 campaign at that point, but from a storytelling standpoint, uh, I noticed from from all the feedback that I'm, I'm getting and the fact that I've actually seen uh, the bulk of the campaign myself, uh, I just noticed that there are many flaws in the actual you know, point A to point Z as far as, you know, all all over the place, which is uh, truly, truly sad for for something that that a series that is so revered with still the campaign. It's not just been considered a throw-in like with some other uh, FPSs out there.
1: Right. It's such a shame, too, because I think video games are a great platform for storytelling, but everyone's so focused on multiplayer, nobody really cares anymore.
4: I wouldn't say no one. I would just say it's it's a different demographic. I mean, I mean, look at Call of Duty. I think Call of Duty sells so well. It's more a younger, you know, generation who's. I'd say parents are buying their games more for them. I don't. I don't want to say that. I mean, there are adults that play it, but I'd say a big chunk of those sales can be, you know, chalked up to a a more, a shorter, you know, a shorter attention span, you know, individual. I just think
3: it's. I think trade. it's the new Madden, right? Like there, there was a yeah. good fifteen years where Madden was that staple. And, you know, people said the same thing. Oh, I can't believe all you want to do is play football all year long. Wow. Well, Call of Duty is just <laughs> the new Madden. You know, it just, it's or NHL if you're watching from Canada, whatever it is. It's Or FIFA if you're watching from Europe. It's, there are these games that are these perennial favorites, and that's cool. If that's your thing, more power to you. You just won't find me on there. It's just not enough for me.
2: And I realize that these these um, developers they see the numbers about who plays and who doesn't play off as far as percentage playing the campaign. I know with Call of Duty a, a a vast number of individuals just go straight to the multiplayer, but they still realize the value of actually trying to make a decent campaign uh, when they have big name stars like Kevin Spacey from last year and uh, this year they still will have strong voice representation. Uh, you know, they're, they're zombie as far as when they do all their zombie DLC. They, they always get, you know, well-named actors to provide those roles to, to tell a story. Um, so, it, you know, the com- campaign, at least to them, is of some importance. And I, I understand the voice talent was strong, you know, uh, with Halo 5, you know, Nathan Fillion, among others. But to, to not give them really anything to do is, uh, you know, for such a, a you know, la- major part of Halo... Um, when, you know because there are a lot of people play that still like, like you Josh, uh, get the, and believe in the Halo campaigns and, and you know buy the game specifically or with a full intent to playing uh, through the campaign with friend, two friends, three friends, what have you. So it's uh, kind of disappointing that Halo 5 has, has been shipped out that way, but the multiplayer um, from all intents and purposes looks to and appears to have more than made up for that at this point in time. For most individuals, um, from from a uh, gameplay standpoint, on in multiplayer. But you also played and touched on Assassin's Creed Syndicate, uh, which you know is now also, as well as Rob said, uh, one of those yearly installments, year after year after year. Um, this time we're going into to as far as England is concerned, Merry Old England, and we're dealing with uh, as far as a lot of things there. Now I've actually seen, like I said, a quite a bit of the game. But your thoughts on Assassin's Creed Syndicate and how much of a comparison it is to the previous years' effort of Assassin's Creed Unity. This game
1: completely blows Unity out of the water. My favorite part about it is I can play it by myself. I don't have to go do, like, the co-op missions that freeze and you're stuck in a loading screen for five minutes or longer than that to, you know, to level up your character. So you basically you just go, you go around and you do the different activities and you get points to level up your Assassin. And everything... You know, they they went back to the original formula, which I I, I liked because it was, it was simple. Um I haven't gotten too far into the story yet, but it's it's been entertaining
3: so far. Josh, let me ask you a big question. I think we've got to be fair on this. Okay. Would it take much? Would it take much to blow Unity out of the water? No. <laughs> no. No, okay. So we knew this game was going to be better by the fact it wasn't broken upon arrival. We knew Correct. that we could, if we could play the game, we knew that this was automatically going to be
4: You knew better. it was just going to that stop-motion feel, okay?
3: Yeah, I guess. If you're into that 12 frames per second kind of thing, sure.
1: <laughs> really twitchy. Yeah.
3: yeah, so, okay. I'm trying to keep my excitement down. <laughs> By by saying that you know syndicate's better than unity, sure it is. Where do I want to know where it ranks in, in amongst the whole series? Amongst the whole so series, far.
1: so far, uh, I
3: would say probably it's better than the
1: Ezio Auditory stories so far. Just just in the way the game is designed, there's um, you know the the gameplay is a lot more fluid and you. You're assembling gangs through the whole thing. So, you know, they, they brought back the uh, recruiting assassins and sent them off on missions and stuff, so that, that's fun. Um, I think it's, it's better than Assassin's Creed 3, but not as good. I, I, I love Black Flag, so it's not as good as Black Flag so far. But
2: How about Assassin's Creed 2? I know that is um, revered by many to being the best in the series. Um like
1: I said I haven't gotten far enough into the game to really make that that call yet but so I like it so far it's 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 easy you know without the, the with the exception of how your guy always gets stuck on things and the control issues but you know that's that's to be expected
2: and that's that's unfortunate because like like I said that is to be expected when it comes to the AC series and uh, at some point in time Ubisoft I think needs to address that issue because it seems to be a yearly after a year after year issue, and as something that you know, the idea is for you to to climb any wall, to scale any building, uh, and in order to do so, you have to have full control of what you're doing, and and to continually taking those missteps just takes a little bit away from from the the gaming experience as a whole of Assassin's Creed, indeed. Uh, but right. any any final thoughts, guys, on the Assassin's Creed as far as Syndicate is concerned? I'll touch it a little bit later. Uh, but because uh, I, you know, have something to to ask about that game specifically. But any thoughts, thoughts on the AC series and AC Syndicates? It's,
3: it's not nowhere near the top of my gaming want to playlist. I barely scratched the surface of Black Flag. So Josh, you're saying Black Flag is your favorite. I'm not gonna rush out to get Syndicate till I actually spend some time with Black Flag. Uh, they're both eras that I really enjoy. So I can I could kind of go either way at this point. So. I'll stick with Black Flag. My backlog of gaming is so big that I'm not going to rush to get Syndicate. If they release a Game of the Year edition down the road, that might be something that changes my mind. But otherwise, I'm going to hold off for now.
4: Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I watched the first one being played from beginning to end. I watched Nicole play it. Uh, Two, I played a little bit. um, And I played the one on the Vita. I can't remember which one that was. Uh, We were playing as the girl in New Orleans. Drawing a blank. Oh, Liberation. Yeah, there we go. Um, It just, it's a little too... Repetitive for my taste. I love the, the historical aspect, but I've never really gotten into the series. But the new one had me intrigued, so, I mean, one of these days. But I'm with Rob. My backlog is ridiculously long.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, look forward to to reading your thoughts, as I know many others are as well. Uh, that will be on our Reviews 2015 page uh, at yourgamesource.com. And we definitely, Josh, appreciate that that in advance that you'll be doing that. Um, We hope that you, you know, the rest of the time that you spend in both the Assassin's Creed Syndicate and also as well in Halo 5 will be much, much better as far as it's concerned for you. And speaking of gaming, as far as this holiday season, those are two major titles uh, that will be coming or that are on uh, store shelves at this point in time. Um... Now, they came out, as far as is concerned, uh, not right in November, which is a, a time that, that most titles that, that come out in November do not get discounted. But titles in October, September, and basically back backtracking throughout the year, tendency have a tendency closer to Black Friday or on Black Friday to really, really get good deals as far as is concerned. So... Um, seeing as how our Black Friday page is up on yourgamesource.com, and that's yourgamesource.com blackfriday.html, uh, over the next few weeks I'll be posting a lot as far as it's concerned to that page. Uh, we already have some deals up from Dell and uh, Toys R Us Big Book uh, as far as some deals that will be going on in the month of November and on Black Friday, including a whopper of an Xbox One deal that you need to seriously check out if you're interested in it. Um, so I, I want to get you know real quick with you guys um, your Black Friday pred- predictions because those are the only two that have come out so far and it's remember it's mind you it's not the Toys R Us um, Black Friday sale per se it's the Toys R Us big book that's available all month long so um, some of your early Black Friday predictions that we you know we can look back on and see if they came true or not and I'll start with Doug. Um, you know, as a retail shop owner, you might have that keen insight as far as what you think will be available on Black Friday.
4: I've kind of already snooped a few of like the, the bundle deals. I know Microsoft's doing a big bundle deal. I know Wii U's doing a big bundle deal. I mean, it makes sense to me because they both need to push units. And you get units in people's hands so they can buy games because an attachment rate means nothing if you haven't sold consoles. Um, but I don't know how deep they can really go. I mean, because at some point you're losing money and then you're kind of pulling a PlayStation 3 where we're gonna undercut ourselves and hope we sell enough uh, software, but I don't know. I think um, I, I don't see anything too crazy for this year. I mean, I know we probably, I know we just saw a price cut on the PS4. I think we'll probably see maybe like a temporary one day one, or maybe bundled with a couple extra games.
2: Do but you see probably. 300
4: for PS4? No, in the US market, in the US market, uh, not this year. I, I see maybe them bundling games with it. I see maybe an extra controller. I think we'll see like we saw last year um, with an adult bundle and a kids bundle um, where it's like a one-day thing where they're going to, you know, like I think last year it was Little Big Planet and it was something else. Um, and then they did like a kill zone and I can't remember the other game, but it, it was an adult bundle and a kids bundle. I think we'll see something like that. Sony doesn't need to right now. I mean, they, they just broke 25 million units. They're still selling
2: more than both their competitors combined. There's rumors that they may have actually um, gone beyond 29 million as well. So
4: yeah, I saw that because some countries are still coming in. Yeah, um, and they just released Q2 percentages and the overall, but they didn't release actual like numbers of units sold. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't see them having to push units with some crazy sale. I just see them maybe slashing the price of a few games so people go, I already have the unit, so I might as well pick up some games, or why shouldn't I buy this? These are games I can only get on there.
2: But I mean, the, remember, a lot of this is, you know, uh, you know as, as you know, as, as a retail owner, you, know, you get um, the PlayStation 4s no matter how much you buy it at X amount of price. Yeah. But a lot of times if the retailer for these Black Friday sales, they will decide that they want to go well under uh, in order, and they'll take a hit in order for you buying you know, everything else as far as it's concerned at the same time. Um, I think I
3: think that's where we're going to see the decisions made. I don't think it's going to be Sony. They don't, Sony doesn't need to. I think we're going to see the big box retailers like Walmart and Best Buy and Target maybe jump in and say, you know what, the PS4 is still 349 but you're going to get like four games with it, and you're going to get to pick one from A, one from B, one from C, and one from D. Or you're going to get one of the, the bundles that they have, two other games, just so the retailers can clear out all their, their stock. They wanted and they wanted to get rid of it.
4: It might even be something like as simple as a, you know, Walmart and Target like they've done in the past. I know when I picked up my Wii U at Target, I got a, a $50 gift card with it. And yeah. that was enough incentive for me to grab it because I was already getting a couple games with it. Um, I was already getting a little bit of a discount because of the time of year because it was November. I think it was like 279 instead of the 300 And then I was getting a $50 gift card. So it just kind of made sense. So I guess see more like Walmart doing you know, a $50, $75, gift card or you know something like that with it where their cost on that really isn't that high. Because, I mean, the, the cost of games and, and hardware is extremely expensive. I mean, retailers making 10 maybe $15 off of something where they can give you $100 where their cost might be $25, $30 on that 100 So it feels like a better yeah. incentive for the customer, and it's, it's better on their bottom line. So I could see, though, not with PlayStation, but like a, a Wii U type of thing where I think we could see somebody cutting the price of that really heavily and bundling it with a game and maybe just pushing accessories with it.
3: I know well, the... Uh, here's, I was oh, going to say, ahead. here's the interesting thing, right? If the NX is projected, possibly next year, maybe Black Friday will signal if that's true with the way that they want to kind of handle those sales. If they're really pushing it and it looks like a fire sale, maybe we will see an NX next year. I think if you, if you don't have a Wii U, I think you're going to have an easy way to get a Mario Kart, a Splatoon, and a Mario Maker bundle whether it's through gift cards or whether it's through some sort of retailer incentive and what you know once you have those three games you're pretty much set
4: I'm actually amazed we haven't seen a hardware revision with uh, Nintendo yet something that you know $150 bundle eliminate the gamepad because most games you don't need it um, or something to that effect and with a game kind of like what the uh, PS2 did end of life or even the original Xbox where I mean you're picking up for $100 brand new people who had no interest were still going out and going well why not so, I mean, I'm surprised Nintendo hasn't done something like that where just a bare-bones, just let's move units so we can sell the games we already have to build momentum into the end. I think end something
3: X. like that would require... Something like that would require complete software overall because you need the gamepad to turn the system on and, and install all the updates to begin with.
4: True, but I mean, that and was the most... Nintendo want to,
3: does Nintendo want to invest in, in that side of things when they could just be developing the NX...
4: True, and that was just the thing off the top of my head that would seem like it would cut the most cost. But there have to be ways to cut cost on it. Well, I've some... already. It's, oh, go ahead. It's called
3: backwards compatibility on the NX. That's <laughs> the way to cut costs.
4: Yeah, but then what do you do with all these with these Wii U's that are sitting around?
2: You bring them to Retro City Games.
4: <laughs> I can't sell them like I can't sell a Wii.
2: <laughs> but I, I will say this on the Wii U, um, Toys R Us may have already shown its hand a little bit on the direction of the Wii U um, on their big box, uh, as far as their their big book. Excuse me, that it's coming out and the deals will be the deal that they described on the Wii U will be available from the first to the twenty first. So that is just a basic deal for them, but it is something that is attractive. Um, if you want to check it out, it's on our Black Friday page, yourgamesource.com slash blackfriday.html. Um, but that Dell, uh, I'm telling you, if you go to all that page right now and you check it out, you'll see that, uh, uh, that Dell has, as I told you last night, Rob, Dell has already put firmly down its stake as far as the Black Friday because their Black Friday ad is already up, and mm. they are definitely putting their two cents in. Uh, Josh, uh, I know you've been... Uh, um, as far as getting all these thoughts down as far as it's concerned. Is there anything as far as from a Black Friday sense maybe that you want to see and then you're also expecting to see as far as it's concerned?
1: Okay, l- let me ask this. as, as I've, I've never been into Nintendo, so if I had a chance to get it discounted on Black Friday, would you guys recommend getting a Wii U? Yes. All right.
3: I have um, played i I've played more games on I, PS4. I I only heard one year. yes. I only heard <laughs> one yes. I've played more games on PS4 this year, uh, but the games that I've played on the Wii U I always enjoy more. And from a guy who has a backlog, I don't mind the fact that Nintendo only releases two or three games a year. Because when I play it, it takes two or three months and that's fine, and then I fill it with disposable titles for the other consoles that are shipping crap out every week and the next time kind a of big Nintendo release happens.
1: Alright. Yeah, I've been I've been debating it. Um, as far as what I expect to see, I'm sure we'll see, you know, Assassin's Creed, Forza, Halo probably go on sale. Uh, there will probably be people buying, uh, you know, Star Wars Battlefront, regardless of whether it's on sale or not. I, I haven't really looked at a lot of the ads yet, though, so I can't really say
3: for sure. I, I hope we see a, a bunch of Destiny. Last year's Arctic bundles go on sale. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and those, I will you know, you know, 400 game million game. of those. Or the Xbox the, the One, white, uh, the original white one,
2: the are Master Chief free? Collection ones. Those those are still out yeah. in, in abundance. So I know that they'll be wanting to get rid of that. But I will say this, Josh. As far as the Wii U concerned, if you really are intrigued by Super Mario Maker, which I know everyone on the staff that has a chance to play with it, uh, like Rob, uh, just speak volumes about, and we'll cover that probably in our Game of the Year section in a sec. Um, and then also as well, you know, Mario Kart 8, uh, The Legend of Zelda HD remake, um, as far as it's concerned. All, there's a number of deep, very, very strong titles. Bayonetta 2, which everybody forgets about, which at the time it came out was just one of the games of the year as far as it's concerned. Uh, it, it got Several nine, nine and a and tens across the board from from outlets all over. That is only available on the Wii U, and that one comes bundled with the original Bayonetta if you never played it. So there are reasons to get the Wii U out there. And then if you really are into the Amiibos, as far as it's concerned, that makes it even more uh, more enjoyable, as far as that's concerned. So the Wii U, um, I'm hoping will become a a, uh, a you know l- we'll learn because I know the Xbox One, it that price is getting close to 300. Um, and that price goes to 300 on the Xbox One, the PS4, as it gets closer and more retail outlets are, are willing to undercut uh, each other for that price, the Wii U has to get become more and more value-centric and has to look more and more into uh, cutting its price uh, substantially.
3: Well, the, I mean, the big Black Friday question I have... Go ahead, Doug. You go ahead.
4: Oh, no, no, no. All, all I was going to say about the, the Wii U is... My, my, my big issue is it's it's a system of sequels. There has, I mean, some of the like the original IPs they tried to push, like the Zombie U and stuff like that, just fell a little flat. And you brought up Mario Maker. Um, is anybody here still playing Mario Maker regularly?
2: Me, really? I love it. Yeah, I, I know. It, uh, I know Jeremiah. Uh, I believe Aaron as well. They are still playing. I know Jeremiah just created some more levels this week. He said it's very addicting. And I know Rob yeah. can probably uh, echoed that sentiment. Well, uh, the, I, 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 I love it, man
4: had it since day one and I don't know the, the first couple weeks us and you know a bunch of our regulars and friends and everything were you know really into it and it, it just all of a sudden just fizzled it just kind of I don't know we kind of burned ourselves out that, that was my big like wow this was this was the game like I, you know this is why I got a Wii U because originally it was for Smash and stuff like that because I always want to play the newest Smash but I don't know I, I feel like I, I play more games on my Wii U than a lot of other consoles lately but I don't play them for that long I don't know. It, it's a weird console to me. I kind of have this love-hate relationship with it.
2: <laughs> and then the fact that they, uh, with Star Fox, I know Rob and I saw Star Fox extensively at the GameStop Expo. Um, not having that as far as the holiday releases, um, and, and looking in the shape that it was in, and being delayed, um, probably doesn't help matters any. Because um, I well, know do have I,
3: Xenoblade coming out at least.
2: Yes, Xenoblade Chronicles X, which uh, you know has uh, garnered strong reviews in Japan already. And uh, I'm sure it's going to get strong reviews from, from all of us that do get a chance to play it on the Game Source staff. Uh, I know there's already quite a bit of debate about it, about how uh, it is too close to our Game of the Year cutoff, and how uh, it may not be able to get a, a uh, credible review in time for it. And and uh, that that talk has I know been been rampant regarding uh, the the quality that the game is uh, expected to have when it's released here in America. I think the I, I gotta thing.
3: throw my Big Friday, my Big Black Friday question out there. Is Retro City Games gonna have a Black Friday sale, and what's that look like? Uh,
4: of course, we did one last year. Uh, we're still working out the details, though. We are gonna have one. Um, I just don't know to what extent yet.
3: Okay, cool. So all you retro, gamers <laughs> retro listening, games. watching, <laughs> yeah, all you retro gamers listening and watching, if you're coming to Vegas for Thanksgiving. If you don't live here already, you got to check out Retro City Games.
2: And we'll actually be posting it on the uh, Black Friday page uh, when it becomes available, when it, uh, the press release is made available by Retro City Games. Um, as far as oh, a
3: press release. Point. I like
2: it. Oh, yeah. Makes it official. Yes. It'll be like, hey, you <laughs> come. <laughs> Buy now. <laughs> Buy now. We make you a good deal. <laughs>
4: I think that's next door, Rob.
2: Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, and uh, on that note, would you know? Thanks, guys, for your Black Friday uh, considerations. There, um, being it, it is now getting into the month of November, um, just about anyways, with uh, with Halloween and whatnot. Um, a lot of the game of the year, uh, you know, contenders have already taken shape, have been released. And, uh, you know, even though it's not finalized yet, there's still several titles, several games still out there that can be played that can, that still have a chance. Um, do you guys have some thoughts and share some thoughts as far as what two, three, four games that you think should be strong contenders for, you know, not only other outlets, but our game of the year? I'll start with Rob. <laughs>
3: Yeah, man, why did you have to start with me? I, I'm trying I'll to start with Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to just think of games that I've played this year other than the Wii U releases. I, I know I, I'm looking at a stack of PlayStation 4 games, uh, and the one I played the most time with was Evolve, which I know has a love-hate relationship with a lot of people, but if I was to pick one from that system, that would be the only one that I think I
2: actually spent a lot of time with. So far, yeah. Uh, but Super Mario Maker, as far as it's concerned, you've you you've you know uh, yes, your own review on our pay, on our site was just you know lauding its and praising its uh you know as far as its mechanics. Yeah,
3: I, I would probably <laughs> say Evolve Mario Maker and then uh, Telltale's Game of Thrones. Those are probably the three. Was that really good? I, I love. love I, I mean, Telltale, it. you can't go wrong, right? Like, mm-hmm. so you just pick the franchise you love.
2: Tales, Tales from, from the Borderlands. Tales from uh, Josh. Uh, yeah, Tales from the Borderlands. Do you have any others?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think. Like this has been a year that my love for video games has not really been quenched very well. I got Forza and Borderlands: A Handsome Jack Collection, and Gears of War. Those are the only three I've really played. Mm. Uh, uh, go yeah. ahead. No. I, if I had to pick, you know, I'd say Borderlands uh, Handsome Jack Collection. There's, a lot of people played that. I've heard good things about that, and I enjoyed it. So I would, you know, if, if any of those I were to pick, it would probably
2: be Borderlands. Uh, Doug, uh, what have you played so far that have really caught your eye?
4: There is really only one game that, like, really, like, I don't know, has stuck with me. I know it's still pretty new, but it, it kind of stuck with me since I played it, and that's Until Dawn. Mm, but
0: until Dawn,
4: I think, like, Really like changes what you can do story wise in a game. I mean, it took like that heavy rain and like Indigo Prophecy, like gameplay to like a whole new level to me. Where like knowledge your choices All right. matter.
3: All right, Douglas. Uh, what, Douglas, I'm moving it to the top of my pile just for you.
4: Right,
2: <laughs> oh, I'm on the yeah. top of your uh, pile, big boy.
3: <laughs> it's on. You're always on the top of my pile. <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but until dawn, uh, is, from a storytelling tary- standpoint, and all the decisions that you need to make or can make—who uh, lives, who dies—just, uh, just truly, just seems to be uh, something that surprised a lot of people on how well it was executed uh, from that standpoint. Uh, mm-hmm. and, it, and it was a streaming favorite for for uh, quite a while. It's the it's the only game I've played where you could make decisions that.
4: Like, I mean, that influenced the story that I really wanted to go back and play again. Because most of the time you just make the decision you would have make, made and you you move on. But, I mean, you, your mistakes play into it. Your, you know, even just indecisiveness plays into it. So, I mean, there, there's so much you can change that, that would naturally change, just depending on your mood and, I mean, how tired you are. Little little things can change that whole game. It's as close to a 10 as I've played in a long time. Wow.
2: Strong praise indeed. Okay. Um, I know for me, uh, personally, probably the best experience so far this year was The Witcher 3. Um, I think from a storytelling standpoint, from a, a, everything that you can do from the open world, uh, from a quality standpoint, I think CD Projekt Red um, just went above and beyond. Uh, a lot of people's, including my expectations as far as what the game was uh, going to be, um, I know there are several titles out there uh, that I still have yet to try, Super Mario Maker being one of them. I know Fallout 4 is, uh, as I know that, that Hack and Jerry, uh, who was watching earlier, commented on, um, I know a lot of us look forward to Fallout 4 and expect that to be in the running for game of the year from, from every major outlet. Um, I know that uh, uh, as far as it's concerned, uh, one that I, I hope people don't miss uh, because it's coming on December, uh, not Rainbow Six per se, uh, but Just Cause 3. Uh, which for me has been a great series. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Just Cause 2. It's a, it was just such a fun time playing it, and I think Just Cause 3. My time I spent at GameStop Expo with it was was uh, truly enjoyable, and I, I'm looking forward to that game really standing out um, near the end of this year. Um, any other titles that that stuck out to you? Um, I.D.A.R.B. was another was a strong contender from from earlier this year. I know Dying Light was also a a lot of people's lips earlier. Bloodborne was also well thought of. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight, I know uh, Josh had his thoughts on it, uh, (laughs) per se, Um, and they weren't exactly uh, gleaming with the highest appraises. Uh, But any other titles stick out from a handheld, from, from a PC standpoint as far as it's concerned?
3: Well, XCOM got pushed for me, so that'll probably be Game of the Year by default next year. Um, Two games that I wanted to get into that I haven't yet are Tales of Azealia 2, which was released on the PS3 earlier this year, and Tales of Asteria, which was just released on on current gens. So uh, unfortunately, because of Divinity now hitting my plate, those titles are going to have to probably wait, and I'm a huge fan of the Tales series, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually plunging into those very soon.
4: I just uh, got my Zestiria Collector's Edition. Nicole and I did, so maybe I'll let you look at it. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Show off. I don't know when I'll have time to play it, but yeah, I got it.
3: <laughs> yeah, at least you can look at it, and it looks right? Yeah. I don't know,
4: what I, I keep buying these RPGs, and I'm like, when am I going to have the time to, like...
3: <laughs> that's the problem, right? So that's why I've slowed down, too, because I look at my backlog, and it's 90% RPG, and it's like, wait a second, I'll never play this one on the bottom at this rate.
2: I I don't blame you a bit don't blame you a bit Um, So uh, I said there's there's some there's some good contenders I know um, all of our staffers uh, that have weighed in with with some early predictions early thoughts Um, And as it gets closer we here at GameSource will be sharing a lot of that as far as it's concerned uh, Right here at yourgamesource.com But I think now is a good time uh, for a little thing that I'm calling here in Las Vegas style, because we're here in Vegas for the most part, except for Josh, uh, who's somewhere in mysterious land, but I'm not uh, able to say where. Um, but for most of us that are here in Vegas, you know, we're used to a little bit of the gambling scene and things of that nature. But uh, it, one of the things that, that a lot of people like to bet on here as far as they're concerned with sporting events is over-unders. So, we're going to play a little game as far as with, well, the video game retail scene. It's called Holiday Version of Over Under. All right. We got got ourselves over and we got ourselves under. can't so, see those at all. I know. I should have done it in felt. It's, the, it's, the, it's, it's oh. the
3: light. The light's blurring it out.
2: Over, under. There you go. They're over, under. There you go. Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, and be that as it may, um, there's some titles which I wanted to get your guys' thoughts because I know every uh, there's a lot of people out there who who live or die and, and see uh, the the success or failure of a game based on the Unisold, uh, which may not always be the right way of perceiving things. Um, it may not even be close to the right way. But hey, you know, like I said, I'm uh, I just you know when I. Also share all those news items and things of that nature. I'm just telling you how like it is as far as it's concerned, and that's a lot. Cause that's a lot of people's concern is how much does these games sell? Uh, so during the holiday season, I pose the first question to you guys, and I'll start off with you, Josh. Halo Five. Since you already have uh, had a chance to play with it, now, taking taking all your your um, thoughts on the campaign aside, over under. Halo 5, for this holiday season, 7 million units sold.
1: That's tough. Uh, I think it'll, I, I, I want to say over just because of, you know, it's Halo. It's one of the most popular Xbox One or Xbox franchises there is. I'm going to say over.
2: You're going to say over, okay. Doug, over or under 7 million for Halo 5? Under, I mean, you're talking about over a 50% attachment rate.
4: I just, I don't see it. Not when you're selling people on a multiplayer, if that's what you guys are saying. I mean, even in general, a 50% attachment rate is unheard of. I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't see it selling 7 million. Unless they can somehow sell more Xbox Ones. Or, I mean, if it becomes the staple bundle, I don't know. I could see possibly that helping it. I know we've seen that before where, you know, game sales are inflated a little bit. Because it was you know
2: bundled with a system or it's a download code or something like that. if Walmart throws it in as a bundle, or like they did last year when there was no master Chief bundle at the time and they threw Master Chief into the bundle as part of their own bundle, um, that could change things entirely.
1: Yeah, could. There, there is a bundle. I'm sure you know they'll they'll
2: be pushing it really hard, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, so we got Josh as an over. We've got uh, Doug as an under. Rob, what are your thoughts? Halo 5 over under seven million, and his survey says under. Under, very, very much under. And why would that be?
3: Why would that be? It, it's, the game's already getting crappy reviews. There's there's a lot of problems with. Not only the story, but the way people and their expectations, there's just no way it's gonna sell that much. I say I think the, the the push that you should have given us, Gerald, was four million. And I think we would have had more of a hard time picking over and under on that number. I I, I think it does three point one.
4: Three point that's very specific. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: right. Well, I think it's gonna go over four. Um, it may even sneak by five if it gets into more than one bundle or if somebody like sells uh, the Gears uh, bundle or the Master Chief bundle and then throws in Halo 5 like a Target or a, or a, uh, a Walmart. So, But I don't think I could do seven. Um, so I'm going to probably say under on that one as well. Under for me. So that's under for me. And that's under four. Uh, Rob, Doug, and Josh is the brave man. He's getting the odds, so he gets the big payoff if it goes over. So I like to live that dangerously. There you go. Um, the second one, as far as it's concerned, over 100, Star Wars Battlefront. Uh, the major hit game that's uh, going to take place uh, this November 17th uh, did outstanding on the beta. Nine and a half million played the beta uh, and got a chance to take a look at that. Um, you know, thoughts are all over the place. You know, either singing its praises, uh, liking the maps, uh, liking the modes, uh, or just saying that needs some stuff needs to be fixed on it. But it, it I, I think, with a lot of press and outlets, it's gaining a lot of positive vibe. So I will ask you, Rob. Let's go back the other way on my Google Hangouts uh, video. Over under 10 million units this holiday season.
3: Well, that's, see, that's, that's a tough one. Ooh, I'd like to see what each side is paying.
2: I threw you a softball first, and now I'm going to throw, like, a knuckleball. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, th-
3: I honestly think that we we got to go over. We gotta over. Go over, so.
2: over Battlefront, uh, 10 million units sold during the holiday season.
3: This is a bundled game. This is a multi-platform release on the eve of the most anticipated film in the last five years. Even with Call of Duty competition, it's got to go over 10.
2: Fair enough. And and you said last night on our last podcast, and if you get a chance to to check it out, please do so both on YouTube, Twitch, or our uh, home site, yourgameshost.com. You mentioned that you thought this could very well take uh, top status as the top big man on campus this holiday season. Was that not correct?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I really think it can. There's just so much hype surrounding Star Wars that the most casual fan that might not be into shooters, wants to play in the Star Wars universe. So they have this option, or they have Disney Infinity. And I don't think most gamers want to collect all those characters, so Battlefront is going to push
2: a lot of units. But as I've said before, at least Disney Infinity 3.0 has the Star Wars space battles. Yes, we know. (laughs) Gotta have the space battles. That's the issue I have with Battlefront. Doug, my good friend at Retro City (laughs) Games... Um, with, your, with your keen retail mind <laughs> as uh, doing the old Johnny Carson Karnak deal. Um, over under 10 million units for this holiday season on Star Wars Battlefront. <laughs> yeah, Rob I, mean,
4: it's, I can't believe this is going to happen twice in the same day, but I'm, I'm going to agree with Rob. I think it's going to go over. And
2: oh, I think it,
3: it, it's, it's a super moon out tonight, isn't it? i am got to go check. I'm going to go check I, I for
4: the imagine. supermoon. I, I would normally say no, just because of how many shooters are coming out this holiday. I mean, there's always a lot of shooters, but it seems like more than usual. Um, like big name shooters, you know, you get Halo and Call of Duty and things like that. But I think what it has in its favor is the movie coming out. I think yeah. the second people see that movie, or even in anticipation, you know, it's going to be what can I get in addition to this? People are just going to go on that Star Wars craze. And, in, in and unlike Disney
3: lot... Infinity, Gerald, unlike Disney Infinity, Gerald, I like we Disney do America. have Episode Seven content. Don't we have episode seven content. Yeah. Oh, Infinity's great, but it doesn't have episode seven content when the Not film yet. drops. Not yet. When the
2: film drops. Well, they'll have they'll have the figurines that uh, Tessa, and they'll actually be placed within the game. So technically, okay. But they won't have like a, you're right. They won't have DLC that actually has the Battle of Jakar or anything of like that nature right away. Uh, as far as from that standpoint. So I leave it now to you, Mr. Josh, author of Vendetta Dark, which you can get available right now on Amazon and also as well BarnesandNoble.com. Your thoughts, Star Wars Battlefront? Over under ten million? You
1: no, know, I gotta agree with everyone else. It's gonna go over. This is uh, the year of Star Wars, and like Rob said, it's a multi-platform release. Kids are gonna be playing, getting it for Christmas. People are gonna buy it right away. It's gonna be bundled with everything. It's going, it's going over.
2: I agree with you guys. It is going over, over for those 3D viewers out there. Uh, 10 million, uh, it should do it. Like you said, the hype is just, just everybody has just such great vibes. Well, okay, almost everybody, unless you're on Twitter. Um, all, You know, as far as Star Wars is concerned, and we'll talk more about the movie itself here at the end, but uh, definitely just some great, great vibes going on. At, uh, Battlefront is getting a lot of great word of mouth, and uh, definitely... Uh, I actually yeah, didn't pre-order it after GameStop Expo because I was kind of in that an area. Just the way I was able to play it just did not endear itself to me. Thus, also a faulty monitored was probably also the reason why at the time. But uh, I got the chance to play the beta for over ten hours, and I, I really found myself hooked. Um, That's I really found myself hooked, and I, I have to say that that I this is something uh, I'm looking forward to, and I know a lot of people are. There's the Star Wars Battlefront bo- bundle out there, and then who knows, some retailer might throw it in on their bundle, making it that much more sweeter for, for individuals to buy. So that being said, yes, I do agree it will go over on 10 million copies. Next up, the standard by which usually holiday retail sales are judged by Call of Duty Black Ops 3. So I'll start with you, Doug, since I went the other directions pre- previous to Over or under 10 million units for this holiday season? For the holiday?
4: Um, I'm going to have to go under. And, and reason why? My, my reasoning is just the exact reason I think Star Wars is going to do so well, because it's something different and it kind of has that cultural impact. I think the last two Call of Duties, people feel kind of burned on. I know we all say that, but I don't know. Ghosts and Advanced Warfare, people seem really pissed about. I think Ghost was really the bad one. It was broken. It was beyond broken. I was the idiot that I had it on my PS3 and was trying to like it, and I'm like, oh, it's just because it's, it's too low-res and I'm playing on a last-gen system. So when I got my PS4, I'm like, oh, I'll pick up Call of Duty Ghosts. So I was the schmuck that bought it twice and realized that... <laughs> PS4 version is just a high-res version of crap. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I maybe not even want to buy Advanced Warfare, and that's the first one I haven't bought really since they came out.
2: There, well, was, was, a, there was a reason why they were giving it away one year after it was sold for $5 on uh, last holiday season. So Yeah,
4: it was awful. And then, I mean, Advanced Warfare reminded me a lot of, like, a, a bad version of Tribes, like Aerial Assault. I don't know. It just without the vehicles and without the fun, it just seemed like... Oh, if you realize, oh, if I jump, I'm going to die. So people just didn't jump anymore. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't see it doing... I, I see it selling tell units maybe by spring, but I don't see it being a holiday. You know, as people get their new consoles and go out and buy games for themselves, but I don't see it being a big, a big push for people buying gifts and people going out there rushing out to buy it. Not with the other games that are coming out this holiday.
2: I'm going to say... Under, I'm also going to agree with Doug on all of his assessments, and as far as is concerned, I just do not think it will meet the standards of which its forebearers have, have been able to been, been judged by. Um, even No matter how good the game is, I just think people are getting fatigued of the series as a whole. It will still sell strongly, uh, top five, but it will not be the biggest seller on campus, which means it will fall just short of 10 million copies. Josh, your thoughts? COD, Black Ops, or BLOPS three uh, over t- or under 10 million? I'm
1: kind of biased against Call of Duty. I actually go out of my way to avoid it. So uh, probably under because with Battlefront coming out, I've, I haven't heard any hype about Black Ops three. So, but I've heard a lot of hype about Battlefront. So I'm assuming more people are going to switch to that, especially since they come out so close to each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I'm going to say under.
2: Rob, it's a week away. It's Black Ops 3. Your thoughts over under 10 minutes. I'm going to have to go under.
3: Under. Uh, Mainly just because of the competition. With Assassin's Creed getting favorable reviews, people are going to start picking that up, and I think they're going to save their pennies right until Battlefront comes out. I I just think it's that simple. I think it's that simple. I think this is a game that people will pick up in January, or maybe they'll pick up after Christmas when they get some gift cards, but I don't think they're going to prioritize the current cash in their wallets for Call of Duty, not when you have Star Wars coming out.
2: I've got another one to throw at you uh, as far as in the $10 million range. Fallout 4! And I'm going to say for Fallout 4, I think it's going to go over. I think there's a lot of goodwill towards the Fallout. I think the uh, the app... Uh, this Fallout Shelter helped immensely as far as early hype early on. Uh, while it hasn't sustained itself, um, showing the title actually only six months from release was a brilliant move by Bethesda, and I think actually it will lead to a lot of goodwill. I think it will gain a lot of good scores, very strong scores, uh, a lot of Game of the Year consideration I'm predicting ahead of time, and I think actually will go above 10 million, although it will not beat fall, uh star wars battlefront because of the star wars hype um rob your thoughts over under 10 million on fallout 4 under
3: under 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 fallout that whole series is like the best picture winner at the oscars it can be a critically acclaimed game but it won't do screaming numbers at the box office I think, again, with Star Wars and some other marquee titles come out, it's going to have a huge reception, and it could get Game of the Year, but it's not going to push over 10 million units
2: through the holiday season. It just won't. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Doug, your thoughts?
4: Um, I'm going to have to go under as well. Damn it, Rob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, the, the streak is alive. <laughs> it kills me to agree with you. No, um... I, I, well, why would it agree. kill
3: you to agree with me? We're working together. This should be a good sign. It's maybe because you're Canadian. You're shy. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah.
2: Watch out for the evil Canadians, buddy. You can over traded uh Josh, over under uh, t- uh, 10000000 million?
1: I'm going to say under. I just... It... Fallout's fun, but it takes a long time to play, so I don't think it's going to be a priority on anybody's gaming list until after Christmas.
2: Fair enough. I know I Hack don't think and it's I, Well, I know Hack and Jerry, who was on the uh, chat line a little bit earlier, as far as on Twitch, um, wanted to know our thoughts on it. So, but Doug,
4: you wanted yeah. to add into. So. Well, I was going to say, I just, I just don't think it appeals to that casual gamer as much that you know, RPGs the, the are niche. Are yeah, and even though it's a shooter, a lot of people, I mean, shy away from it. There's the people. Like Rob said, that are hardcore into it, but I, I don't think it applies to a broad spectrum of people. I don't. Did Fallout 3 even hit 10 million in its lifetime?
2: Um, I believe it did. I know uh, Skyrim. 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 It definitely exceeded uh, 10 million as far as that's concerned. Uh, so that's what I'm really basing it on is that it will exceed Skyrim sales um, as far as that's concerned. Because I, I know Skyrim came out to a similar goodwill, good hype. Uh, strong performance as far as that's concerned, so that's what I'm basing my thoughts on.
4: I was trying to check, because the number I had in my head was right around 7 million for Fallout 3 being sold, but I, I could be wrong. But I know there's a lot more hype around Fallout 4 because Fallout 3 was so good and such a you know, left turn for the series, but...
3: Well, you got to remember two new Vegas came out, again, different studio, right? So everybody oh, wants right. to get back to...
2: Yeah. Um, that, stuff, so. that game was pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> Glitchtastic, I think, was the word used. <laughs> like, they,
4: they I'll tell you one thing. They did an amazing job creating, you know, the Vegas and, like, the outlying areas of creating a desert full of nothing. Like, it, you're just walking through desert for, like, miles and miles. Like, I don't know. Games didn't make sense to me. From a fun factor. I don't know.
2: Fair enough, fair enough. Rob, this one goes out to you. Super Mario Maker, over, under... Three million copies this holiday season.
3: So let me clarify this specifically. When does the holiday season start for you? Black Friday? Uh,
2: No. Uh, Actually, it can go on right now until the end of the year because most of the financials uh, for Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft have been reported within the past 10 days. Uh, Nintendo did report uh, that I believe 1.5 million (laughs) units, right around there, uh, under 2 million, uh, have been sold so far to date for Super Mario Maker.
3: So basically
2: you're asking me, is it going to sell a, a one more million copies? No, no. Uh, three million copies by itself within the next two months.
3: So three million next two months, regardless of what's being sold already. Uh, yeah, I, I think it can. I think it'll be close. I think that's a close one. And it's really going to depend on what Nintendo does with their with their holiday sales. But it's the number one reason. And if anybody's going to pick up a Wii U, it's going to come with <laughs> Mario Maker. It's already a bundled package. It's the latest bundle out there. It's just a matter of selling those, those systems. I think it's got a strong chance to go over three.
2: Josh, your thoughts? Uh, like I said, I'm,
1: I'm looking to get into Nintendo. but So there's you know, one right from, there.
3: we got yeah. one right there.
1: Yeah. Well, judging from what you guys have been saying about the game, I, I think it'll go over, especially if it's bundled. And people are buying Wii's this Christmas.
2: Doug, your thoughts?
4: I think the only way it can go over, which I think it will, is if they continue with the bundle. I I, I mean, Do I don't you see... you agree t- again? Yeah. No, uh, yeah, if, <laughs> cool. if they continue on with the bundle, yes, but if if they stop bundling it, no. Because I, I think the, the hype and the people who are going to buy it have kind of bought it. I hate to say that, but...
2: I'm going to also... I'm going to say something different. I'm going to say under, because if the Wii U itself stays around two ninety nine. And I know the Xbox One and PS4 uh, through retailers will be creeping closer and closer to that price with bundles, with games. Um, that will make it the Wii U less attractive for consumers to buy. Um, and I know even though the Super Mario Maker is off to a very strong start, and I think it will do over $2 million during that period, I do not think it will reach $3 million. So I will say under. As far as it's concerned for the November December time period, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Okay, this is um, a third party uh, from Square Enix uh, laying its faith in the Xbox One. Over or under four million copies. Let's start with you, Josh. Uh,
1: I'm gonna say under. I just I don't. The game is fun and the, you know it looks really good, but I don't know a lot of people who are into
3: it.
2: Rob? Gotta go under.
3: I think uh, it sold so well because it came out on both platforms last time, or at least by the time it got out there. So I I think because the bigger install base is on PS4, I think that it's going to have trouble doing that, especially when people might be tempted to buy Halo or Battlefront on the Xbox as an alternative. Doug? You're making a face, Doug.
4: Well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say under just I'll double check my facts. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm gonna say under just because uh, it's getting a Steam release early next year, so it's only a timed release for Microsoft.
2: And so, it'll be it'll be out in a year on PlayStation 4.
4: So. Yeah, it's it's a console exclusive for a year. It's a exclusive to every platform um, for I think it's six months. So early yes. next year, like like spring summerish, we should be seeing um, it, it come to PC. So I don't know. I, I think that's just detrimental to sales. I don't know. At timed exclusives, unless you're giving people an incentive to buy it, saying there's something exclusive to it, never tend to work that well. Um, because generally you give the competition time to add more. Either upscale it, make it look better. The it, it always, the second iteration is always better. I mean, look at Mass Effect, look at Bioshock, those kind of things that, you know, were just a little yeah, more popular. Mass
3: Effect 3 on the Wii U. Excellent release.
4: Not anybody <laughs> <laughs> I was talking more of the big boy consoles oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mean the? I'm, not, joking, not the I'm console, joking I'm
3: joking not the console you play the most often okay
2: no I'm joking yeah <laughs>
3: um,
2: I'm going to say under as well I think 4 million is a little bit lofty um, if it's included with a couple bundles you never know but uh, I know there will be a lot of TV advertising for it. I know that's what Square Enix was counting on when they uh, went to, um, you know, excuse how I say this, went, went into bed with um, Microsoft in, in this exclusivity deal. Um, so they were hoping to turn those kind of numbers uh, because Lifetime, I think, the previous iteration has gone at 8 or $9 million, um, itself, and that's on all, all those platforms. Um, but yeah, I'm going to probably say under as well. The previous oh, go ahead. Re- the previous iteration was kind of a rebranding. I mean, it did change the the gameplay a lot. So I mean, I don't know. This might do okay. Well, the only thing that stuck out to me with that is that I was uh, Square Enix representatives were saying that it only turned a profit when the definitive edition came out, which it or, it already sold well over six uh, six and a half million copies before the definitive edition came out. So that kind of boggles my mind that, it, that that game had to actually had to have sold over 7 million copies for it to have, uh, you know, turned a profit, which, which kind of just, there must, must have
4: been something custom, like an engine or something like that. that
3: well, the license rights as well, don't forget. I, I, and here's the other thing, right? This is a sequel, and the rule of sequels is usually it's like 80% of sales of the first because you got people that wanted to buy into the new branding and that were, you know, impressed by it. But maybe they weren't that blown away once they got through it, so maybe they
2: won't return for the second one. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. I've got three left. My goodness, Josh, uh, AC Syndicate, you've played it, you're reviewing it. Over under five million copies this holiday season. Oh, I think season.
1: it's I think it's going to go over. It's gotten really good reviews. You know, I, I haven't gotten all the way through it yet, but. Assassin's creed is a game that kids normally get for Christmas when they ask for it so I'm, I'm gonna say over
2: uh doug your thoughts over under um, five main copies
4: this holiday season I'm gonna say under and I'm gonna say just because of the way people were burned with unity I think you are gonna wait it out to see especially the casual gamer who picked up unity and you know, I think we forget sometimes that everybody isn't like connected to the you know to, to twitch and watching people stream and you know play and I think the casual gamer just isn't going to pick it up because of that. I think it's kind of like a Call of Duty type syndrome where people are double burn. I think it's going to do really well in the long run, but I don't see it selling five million by holiday.
2: Rob, your thoughts over under five million copies on Assassin's Creed Syndicate? I'm going to have to go under,
3: but just under. I think people are willing to give this another chance after Unity. I think people will say, "Well, there's no way they can screw up." two years in a row (laughs) Um, so I I, I think people are willing to give them at least the hardcores which are the ones that you know are the reasons that we get a yearly release but I don't think it's going to push five I I think we're going to see closer to four, four two something like that
2: Josh my good friend fellow student classmate I think I'm going to leave you on an island man on this one because I'm also going to say under as well um, I think the Assassin's Creed um, fatigue will be there with many casual audience uh, that they feel that they have to buy one every year. I think that has started to fade, and I think the the, the bad will that Unity created is going to take at least a year for it to rub off. So I think even though that Syndicate is headed into the right direction on a critical and gameplay standpoint, uh, it may not see the sales uh, that Ubisoft Wanted to see because of the last year fiasco, so I think it will also fall short, and I'm going to say under. So I sincerely apologize, my friend, on that one. It's already off to a slow <laughs> foot. Like, yeah, uh, it's it really
4: hasn't. It sold I think better than the last couple, but not like the beginning of the series. I think if I was reading right a couple of days ago, where it's just not it's just not where it could be. <laughs>
2: And I think it's also its placement as far as it's concerned. It's not no longer one of the top games that people are, a lot of people are looking for right now. With like you said, Battlefront, Fallout Four. Uh, you know, it used to be Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed for for a couple of years there, that those two were the the two top names to get, and that that is changing a little bit in the marketplace, and that's part of the reason why I'm choosing under in that one. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege, over under. 3 million copies. Now, this one, I think, is going to be fairly easy, I think, for a lot of people to guess on that one. Our thoughts. Uh, my thoughts, I think it's going to go under. I enjoyed my time. I played several hours uh, playing the multiplayer. It's a multiplayer-centric game. There is no story. I think that's going to be a backlash from that because I think a lot of people were hoping something like Vegas or Vegas 2. Um, I think it will fall short of those expectations, plus being released on the first week of December uh, after the Black Friday rush also hurts it, so I'm going to say 3 million copies is not attainable for the holiday season. So I'm going to say under. Uh, Rob, what are your thoughts? Way under. I mean, between Call of Duty and,
3: and Battlefront, there is no place for a strictly multiplayer own game a week and a half before Star Wars. Just It's going to get you know, an afterthought. All the Christmas presents are going to be bought between Black Friday and just before this game comes out realistically when it comes to gaming stuff. So, I don't think it can push 3. It's too niche. It's not it doesn't have the following that I think all these other marquee franchises have. Um even if it is a great game, it'll be January when people look to to pick it up if they do.
2: Josh, what are your thoughts on Rainbow Six Siege?
1: I'm going to say under. There's not really enough time for it to do very well, especially since it's, you know, coming out after Black Friday. Uh yeah, definitely under.
2: Uh, Doug, we'll leave it to you as far as your last thoughts on Rainbow Six Siege.
4: Under as well. But uh, is the is the price point still sixty on it? Yep, it is. And it doesn't have a chance. If if it was maybe a forty, maybe a fifty dollar price point, it might be something people would pick up extra, or if they went to the store and saw that something else was sold out, they'd pick it up because they know their kid likes shooters, and they know their friend likes shooters. But at a six dollar price point, I don't see it. And is is the multiplayer strictly like a? Um, a competitive,
2: or does it have like kind of like a a horde style thing, or is it just? I believe it. If my memory serves correct, correct, I think it might have a. Oh, it does actually. Yeah, it was a terrorist hunt. Okay. Um, it, yeah, that was a a, a horde like deal as far as it's concerned. That it was fun. I played that I'm, a lot. I remember um, really that was
4: enjoyable. Special modes from the previous one so I mean, that might be a reason for me to pick it up, but I would I wouldn't. I would never pay full price for multiplayer only, just personally, I mean, ever.
3: Yeah, and so here's the other problem, right? You have to have a friend who's playing. Yep. You know, or you no, got to no, find no. other someone else who's kind of, who, who got the lame Christmas gift as well.
4: <laughs> well and my, my biggest issue is time, too. So if I pick up a multiplayer-only game and I don't get to it within the next, if I don't play it heavily in the next three to six months, then I feel like I've missed out. And what was the point in buying it? Because then a big chunk of your player base is gone, and what what am I doing? Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? By the time I try to get on, most of the time, I'm, I'm alone. No friends. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, I don't know if I can continue the podcast after that. I'm thinking Holy I'm going to go Rob. get the queen Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I did play a lot of the beta. I think my issues were more of as far as the, from a matchmaking standpoint. Uh, they had some serious issues with matchmaking. I thought it was atrocious. I thought it was something that the Halo Master Chief Collection, when it first released, could envy as far as the, uh, um, you know, that the amount of issues that that was. Um, but I'm hoping that they'll be alleviated. I don't think they will be. I think there'll be some server server issues with that game when it comes out. I'm just just saying, saying as a uh, warning right now to people. Um, and if they aren't fixed, if this game will just really just be a disappointment uh, all around because this was also supposed to be a I think a September release, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It got bumped to December, and, and that's, that's never a good sign that you're already halfway through the shopping season and it's already under. Uh, but one game that might actually surprise that is coming out in December that I said I, earlier I kind of liked, Just Cause 3. Over under, one million copies. And I'll start with you, Doug. One million copies on Just Cause 3. The low number um, but it comes out in December, so that's that's again what Josh was saying earlier was very was very pointed indeed.
4: I, I, I think it can do more. I think it' can do over a million. I mean it, it's to the people who play Just Cause, I think they're loyal fans and they're gonna pick it up regardless. I, I think it'll go over.
2: Rob, your thoughts on just Cause three?
3: The streak is over. Doug and I were on the same page all the way through. I noticed that. 3 Three. I've got I that written down. I think it's coming out too late. Yeah, I think it's coming out too late. I, I don't. It'll get close, but I don't think it'll. I don't. It i do not it will not be
2: a million seller by the end of the holiday season. Josh, your thoughts on Just Cause Three? I want to
1: say it'll go over, but just barely, because it's got a big following. I know a lot of people are looking forward to it. It, it looks really good. Um, I'm gonna say over.
2: For me, I'm going to be reviewing the game. I really enjoyed it, as I said. I had a great time playing it at GameStop Expo. <laughs> I seriously want it to go over a million copies. I think it's going to be close. Real close. Like a photo finish type deal. But I'm going to have to say it falls uh, just short. And I'm going to be agree with Rob that it will just just fall short. Uh probably get about eight hundred, nine hundred thousand 900,000 copies, um, but it will definitely be considered a very very good game. Uh, maybe not game of the year level, but very strong game in, indeed. Um, and it'll certainly be a heck of a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see all the videos as far as what people do with the grappling hook and as far as all the crazy things that they're going to do in that game. There's going to be a lot of crazy videos coming out for that one indeed. Uh, so... So that, everyone, does it for our over-under segment. I thought that was uh, that was a lot of fun, uh, getting everybody's minds together on exactly what you think the, the, the best games are going to do or the most notable games are going to do this holiday season. Uh, we thank you for watching on that. But oh, last, before we leave, there was a certain trailer that was played a little bit ago, um, about a week ago, that uh, took the world by storm. And I know Jay... The, the master Star Wars fans that he is uh, truly was blown away by it. But I want to get your guys' thoughts before we leave on today's episode, the Halloween episode, as, as it were. Um, your thoughts on the Star Wars trailer, the final trailer was released, and your thoughts and hopes for the actual Star Wars Force Awakens movie itself. I'll start with you, Josh. Let's go for go forward as far as your thoughts on Star Wars The Force Awakens.
1: My inner fanboy is thrilled. Uh, they, I'm, I'm curious what they're gonna do with Luke Skywalker. He didn't really have a lot. Of, he didn't. He didn't actually wasn't in the trailer at all. He's not even on the poster. Uh, there's a lot of interesting theories on the internet about what, you know, what part he'll play. But I'm, I'm excited about it. I really am.
2: According to J.J. Abrams, that is by design. By the way.
1: Yes, I mean, I've been reading all the theory. There's uh, Somebody had a theory up that Luke Skywalker is Kylo Ren, but
3: uh, I'm pretty sure that's not true. <laughs> uh, I think it's. A I little, love how a little J.J. Bit. has to say it's by design. Like, he forgot about Luke Skywalker. Oh, oops, was he supposed to be there? <laughs> like, what? Are, like do people really need to be told this? What kind of world do we live in? Like, seriously. When that Luke Skywalker may have been forgetting to, to be put on a Star Wars poster.
4: Wouldn't it be better if Kylo Ren was Jar Jar?
3: Right
2: yeah <laughs> um, please uh so but what are your hopes actually for the movie itself josh um what do you think um it should do for star wars fans
1: I think it'll it'll be a good uh you know for a new generation of fans, I think it'll be a good jumping on point. I know a lot of people are going back and watching the originals i think it'll it'll gather a big following of both uh new fans and old fans alike.
2: Did you get your tickets yet?
1: No, I, I've been meaning to. I heard it was like sold out for like almost a week and a half ahead of time.
2: Uh, I would actually, um, and I, I tell this to everyone that I, that since I got my tickets, I went to the actual theater that I wanted to go see it at. And I, um, a lot of these days, you're able to pick your seats as far as is concerned. Uh, so you know, I I, I forego the Fandangos and and MovieTicket.coms of the world, and I just went straight there, and and you know, I was fortunate enough to get tickets for both uh, uh Thursday night and uh Tuesday showings so I'm very, very appreciative of that indeed. Um uh, thank you for your thoughts on that. Um Doug, your thoughts on Star Wars The Force Awakens. I'm sure uh like I said, Jay when he gets to this point in the podcast uh will actually be very um you know, a, a little bit more aware of what uh, what we all are saying, Josh, myself, Rob, and, and yourself. So, so your thoughts on Star Wars: The Force Awakens?
4: I have actually, I've been trying to stay away from it. I I am extremely excited, but Rob and I were talking about this up at Portland, where I have been trying not to read like you know the theories and the hype and the spoilers and the well, I guess no real spoilers yet, but I don't know. Rob, Rob told me a few things that he saw buzzing around and. I, I don't know. I, I, I still have a lot of like I guess antiquated things that I'm still worried about. Like I I remember seeing a thing with um Harrison Ford where, you know, he said, Yeah, I'll do another Star Wars movie, but only if Han dies. So there's still little things like that in the back of my head where I don't know where it's going, but I kind of like not knowing. I don't know. I'm one of those guys that doesn't like spoilers and I try to just be along for the ride when it happens, but I couldn't be more excited, and yes I do have my tickets. I was up very late to get them. <laughs> but I fandangled
2: <laughs> Just go right there. I'm telling you. And all the I'm telling you, the when it happened and every it, the sites were crashing, and whatnot. I just had you know my family and I we just we just went over to the theater we chose and just got it and just we were surprised that these things that you were did back in the day. You know, I, I was there for you know one of the, the the first showing in in Southern California in that area. For Empire Strikes Back, and I waited, you know, over twelve hours just to be in line for that. And the lines were a mile and a half long, you know. But you know, reminiscing and all that. But just the concept of going down to the theater seems to be, you know, everybody wants to do it from their smartphones or tablets and and from the internet and whatnot. And I just saw, you know, I was amazed that there was absolutely no one actually going to the theater to buy okay. the tickets. And just that novel concept seems seems you know to evade everyone was is quite interesting indeed. Um, Rob, your thoughts on the Star Wars The Force Awakens? Uh, I know you've discussed it, with, like you said, with, like Doug said with him. I'm sure you've discussed it with Jay just a tad. Um, uh, possibly on your gamer cast as well uh, that people have to listen to. Um, but your thoughts on Star Wars The Force Awakens?
3: Well, I actually haven't talked to Jay about it too much. He's, he's gone all supernova, super Star Wars fan on me. and it, it, If I bring it up, I'm in for like an hour long discussion and and bless him for having that much passion but I can't get sucked into that it's like being slowly digested for a thousand years in the Sarlacc um I didn't love the new trailer that came out I I mean I get why they did it I wanted to see more of the story the plot Uh, I thought some of the dialogue was a little weak I thought they're still trying to convince people that we have to like these new actors so let's focus on them um I, they're trying to keep everything like plot and stuff a mystery so that nobody can guess and nobody knows until you actually go see it. And I think it's a great marketing move. But, you know, I'm already reached the fever pitch like I just want to see it. So, like anything more it's just going to frustrate me. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how they handle marketing for episode 8 given different responses to what's going on for episode 7. So, I hope for the actual film that it's a contained story that has Obviously, some through lines that will continue through Episode 8 and probably Episode 9. But as the trilogy moves on, I hope it becomes more and more a story. But I want, you know, Episode 7 to have a contained tale. Episode 8 to have maybe half and half where, yeah, it's a smaller kind of narrative that is central to that episode. But, you know, it starts to open up. And then Episode 9, it's all just one kind of final story. So um, I'm surprised you didn't ask us over under on opening box office weekend.
2: Uh, I could do that right now. Um, I'll just share my thoughts first real quick. Uh, I just don't want them to try too hard to be um, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Uh, those two stood uh, out on its own for their own reasons. Um, if they try to do something, uh, you know, just try and tell a good story. Uh, that's like you said. Um, if, they, if it tells a good story, then, then it, uh, mission accomplished. If it conveys itself and the good spirit and goodwill that is Star Wars to an audience, there you go. I have young daughters. I'm going to be taking to the first time. We'll be they'll be seeing Star Wars on the big screen for the first time, uh, and and right there and then it will or will not catch them and get them hooked. Um, you know, like the Marvel series has done. The Marvel series I took them. They're hooked. And and will the Star Wars series do the same for them? Uh, we'll we'll see. So well, I'm I'm hoping for the best. But I'm just hoping for a good good story to tell. Uh, you know, for that for that period of time, am I over under for that? You know, I know analysts have talked over 600 million uh, worldwide for that weekend. I'm going to probably say it's going to be over 500, 500 million, half a billion, because the the standard right now in North America is over 200, uh, just a little over 200 million, um, which uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, I think it got. Um, So I'm going to say uh, be over 400 million as far as it's concerned. Uh, Over 500 million worldwide. Over 300 million definitely uh, here domestically. Uh, Josh, your thoughts? Over under as far as it's concerned? Let's say 500 million for the first weekend worldwide. For
1: I think it's doable. It has enough hype. People are really excited about it, especially with the Fandango crash. uh, It's going to go over.
2: Doug, your thoughts over under half a billion dollars for Star Wars The Force? I think I'm going to wait. Because,
4: I mean, it, it, can it really be a bad movie? I mean, in any of our eyes? Are we really, I mean, does anybody really hate any of the Star Wars movies? I mean, there's ones you dislike, but does anyone here really hate any of them?
2: No, no, there's ones but, I could... But here, here's the thing,
3: right? It's the first one. You've got to look at it, even though it's Episode Seven. it's the first one. People will we'll go episode... to see it, just like they went to see The Phantom Menace. You know, they didn't come back necessarily for Attack of the Clones, but everyone went to see the Phantom Menace. Well,
4: that's what I'm saying. Yeah, everybody. I mean, when you brought up Phantom Menace, that's the first one that I ever saw in theaters. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's it was a big event for me.
2: I think ultimately we'll do well over. It might actually topple top Avatar, uh, as far as is concerned. I hope so. Um, if it, well, <laughs> because you got to remember that the, the worldwide audience is now much more. Um, available and and you know the, for the China audience uh, alone could surpass the the domestic output here in the United States as far as uh, from a gross number standpoint. I mean, uh, Ant Man is now going to go over five hundred million dollars thanks to to the Chinese marketplace. If I'm not correct, but
3: but Gerald, do we know if it's opening day and date in China? Is
2: I don't they, believe so. I don't believe. Well, I think see,
3: that's the thing. China February has a, a delayed. Yeah, so China has a delay on stuff because of the way their government screens different films, right? So, and what changes are they going to request as well?
2: But also, there are certain periods of times where they are only allowed to play uh, non—they're um, allowed to play foreign films. There's only periods and times where they can. That's why Ant-Man was pushed uh, to yeah. just recently and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, but I think it will do well over two and a half billion dollars when all said is done. Uh, uh, for sure uh, beating Avatar at this point in time. Well, and then at what
4: point is, like,
2: I mean, you, you have to max out
4: somewhere where, I mean, every theater is playing nonstop. I mean, eventually you hit a, a max number of screen times, a max number of theaters. So I, I don't even know what's doable anymore versus, you know, theaters, how many screens, all that kind of stuff. I mean, what what is, like, the max you could do? Because I, I feel like Star Wars is kind of going to do that. I mean, everyone wants to see Star Wars, whether they love it, hate it. Never knew about it. Don't care
3: about it. Like every, it's every a generational film, right? Like yeah, it's it's a generational film. Gerald, you saw Empire in the theaters, and now you're taking your daughters to see it, like because it's the same cast. It's binding people together in that way that only nostalgic films can. So even if Phantom Menace was a great entry in the Star Wars universe, this has nostalgia and reoccurring actors going for it that Phantom Menace never had.
2: I couldn't agree with you more on that. I think it's going to be tremendous. I think the hype is really kept in high gear. And like you, Rob, I just want to see the movie already and get it and and, yeah. and just be the part of that experience.
3: I got I got a more interesting over under for you guys. The number is 4 million worldwide for Alvin and the Chipmunks which opens opposite of Star Wars that weekend. 4 million. I think it's a doable number. Worldwide. Worldwide.
2: I think it's a doable number.
3: Okay. Doug?
2: I think it's doable. I think well over.
1: You just want to disagree at this point,
0: <laughs> no, Josh? No.
1: I, yeah, I, I think it's doable. I, I, I don't know how many people are actually going to go see it, but. Because, you know, no. Star, Wars, Star Wars. It's, it's, has been, it's plausible. It's, I mean, it could happen, but Star Wars well, you is know, more everything.
3: Here's thing. who's going to see it. People are going to see it when they realize that they can't buy tickets for Star Wars, when they go to the theater and, and realize that they should have got them ahead of time. That's well, you, who's going to go see Alvin and the Chipmunks.
4: You get people like my grandparents who have never seen a Star Wars movie, have no intention of ever seeing one, but I, I guarantee they would go see that just to say they went out that weekend and saw something.
3: No, your grandparents are going to see the lines and the traffic, and they're not going to go anywhere near the outdoors. Yeah. So, okay, well, that's it. I thought that would be fun, too.
2: And uh, to uh, Gamer Dad, as far as it's concerned, yes. Uh, you know, Ant-Man, for a lot of people, was was definitely something that was... Um, how should I say, uh, you know, a lightning rod as far as is the movie too good or, or the movie real good or whatnot? I like the movie personally, um, but I know that the Chinese marketplace, uh, you know, obviously has endeared itself to uh, so much Ant-Man that is actually pushing it over 500 million dollars uh, worldwide, and you know, obviously that that Disney uh, has and Marvel have thought well enough to actually get it bumped up, which I know Josh, you and I had talked about. Um, previously as far as getting it bumped into the schedule for Ant-Man, but yes. Um, Need I digress on Ant-Man, but I wanted to throw that out there because GamerDad, we do appreciate you actually uh, commenting on the Twitch uh, board as far as is concerned. Uh, We appreciate it very, very much. We appreciate everyone watching, uh, listening, uh, however you're seeing us on YouTube, Twitch. Uh, You're downloading MP3 on yourgamesource.com. We truly appreciate it. Uh, Any last thoughts from you guys? Um, I'm going to start with you, Doug, um, as far as from Retro City Games. I know uh, you're looking forward to a great month uh, November and a terrific holiday season, but we also want to touch as well, if you could explain to everybody as far as what we might have in the works for a week from now.
4: Oh, um, we, are, we should be collaborating on the Extra Life Charity. Um, those of you that aren't familiar with it, they do a 24-hour marathon, uh, basically streaming video games. Uh, they take donations, and it is all for a great cause. Um, we should be teaming up with Gamesource for that and there should be a lot more details to come um, either follow Gerald on Gamesource or ourselves Retro City Games it's Retro City Games NV uh, follow us on Facebook um, yeah stay tuned for more on Extra Life more on things that come for us and I mean the documentary with Rob, a lot of things are kind of in the preliminary stages for a lot of things for us but the next couple months should be a, a very exciting time for Retro City Games
2: Rob, any final thoughts as well? Uh, no, November
3: 1st, actually, mar- uh, th- I believe, marks a price reduction for Nintendo Quest on Vimeo in and, and the launch of our, a lot of our digital features that until now have only been exclusively on our Blu-ray and uh, Kickstarter DVDs. So uh, not all of them, because I wanted to keep the Kickstarter backers to have a few gems that nobody else will ever have. But if you are a fan of Nintendo Quest and you want to look at more behind-the-scenes stuff, then uh, you know, have a look at what what we're going to be releasing extra footage-wise on, on Vimeo. So that'll be exciting. NintendoQuest.com is your place to go for that stuff. And the Power Tour series is out now, so check that out too. You can see what it's like for Jay and I to tour the film across North America.
2: I've actually seen the first episode. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, sorry, Jay. I, I did enjoy it thoroughly. Apologies to Jay out there. Uh, um, and if you watched the first episode, which is uh, free on Vimeo. You'll be able to understand why. Uh, Josh, any last thoughts from you, sir, uh, as far as what you got working on besides the uh, AC Syndicate and Halo Five reviews?
1: Yes, I have another book coming out in January called "Congratulations, You Suck." So it's it's a little different from my last one, but you know, if you're into coming-of-age type stories, it's I'd I'd recommend picking it up.
2: That's the title of the year already. You got that down.
1: But uh,
2: other than that, that yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, that's, that's uh, I'm sure that's taking up plenty of your time indeed. Um, and as for myself, like I said, we're going to be involved with uh, not only uh, Retro City Games as far as a co-promotional deal for Extra Life, which is a great charity, and uh, extralife.org. Um, just wanted to go to those fine people out there. We will be doing hopefully what we can to provide live streaming and supporting that charity uh, and working... Uh, I'm hoping to, to lasso in you know, guys like Josh, Rob, and, and as many of the crew as I can to help out uh, for this good cause. Because, hey, it's playing games and doing it for a great cause indeed. Uh, so stay tuned to that. Follow us on GameSource and also, as well, at GameSource on Twitter for all that information. Um, and then our Black Friday page, I already told you, is up, yourgamesource.com blackfriday.html. And we're also in the uh, beginning stages of tallying up and getting everything ready for game of the year. Uh, So I wanted to talk to Rob eventually, uh, and also already started in the earning phases, you know, the the beginning phases with uh, Retro City Games, Doug and Nicole, the great people there, uh, about what we can do as far as a promotion between all of us uh, for our game of the year uh, platform because we want not just the Game Source followers out there, but the Nintendo Quest followers and also as well the Retro City Games followers and everyone out there to get a chance to vote and share their opinion of what they thought is the great uh, game of the year for 2015 and also maybe trying to maybe possibly, possibly run a little uh, contest on the side for that because uh, uh, we've talked a little bit about that in the past, and I'm hoping to get Rob and and, uh, Doug and Nicole and more involved in that in the future. So we look forward to that for the ending of the year. Uh, a great time for a Black Friday page indeed. Um, we'll be hopefully having more podcasts as we go uh, get closer to that. I know the world-famous GamerCast will be doing podcasts every week. Uh, so go check out Podomatic.com for that, correct?
3: Yeah, NESClub.Potomatic. We're also on iTunes. And the way to listen, honestly, is Patreon.com GamerCast. For a buck, you get like a 20-minute extended episode, and in, in the last four weeks, the best segments have been in the Patreon on stuff, so it's unfortunate for everybody who gets that free version that'll always be out there, but you'll also get video versions of GamerCast, other audio that includes us and our different guest appearances, and it's only a dollar a month, so for 12 bucks a year, you know, uh, you're, you're well ahead of the game for entertainment and content.
2: Absolutely, and that sounds like a great value indeed. Uh, so for me... Uh, Gerald, uh, this has got Josh, uh, Mr. Josh Peterson, author of Vendetta Dark, and soon-to-be congratulations, you suck. Uh, and then we've got Doug from the world-famous Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada. And also our good friend Rob McCallum, uh, director of Nintendo Quest and the upcoming... Well, let me see. Okay, I'm going to title off here. <laughs> <Uh-oh>, <laughs> here we go. It's almost like a quiz here. Okay, first mm-hmm. off... Um, the biopic of Kitty comes out before Missing Mom, is that correct? Other way around. Okay, the biopic, like I said, the biopic of Missing Mom comes out before the biopic of Kitty, uh, yep. which comes out before the biopic of He-Man documentary. Uh, he, uh, not biopic, but He-Man documentary. And correct. Then so that, far. We have box art, which you just announced on both yesterday's podcast and talked more about today, Uh, which you're you're taking care of with your producers uh, and co-producers in crime in that, uh, Mr. Doug and Miss Nicole of Retro City Games uh, and also as well uh, you you mentioned that you had signed on another producer and asked another producer as well for Box Art, the documentary Yeah,
3: Patrick Patrick Scott Patterson has has joined us and I'm probably going to ask Mr. Glenn Stanway if he might lend his skills as well uh, just to kind of get the team rolling and stuff. So you never know who's going to be joining. I don't know if Ploxert will be finished before Power of Grayskull, the He-Man documentary or not. It might be a race to the finish between those two. Over-under for those two, October 2017. There you go.
2: Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, that's uh, t- I, I'm, I'm not going to touch that one. I'm All bets are off on that okay. one for me. So. But, <laughs> okay. uh, but for Rob, for Doug... For Josh and for myself, Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, this has been the world-famous Game Source Podcast, our Halloween episode, and we're going to leave you with my good friend, yes, this could be Angry Nick. What would you say, Angry Nick? Okay. Thank you, you, Angry Nick. Yes, he had to put in his guest appearance there. So we want to thank you for joining us. We truly appreciate it. And you have yourself a great Halloween. Oh my
0: gosh. This has been another game source. Oh, we special. We like to th- thank you for watching. I think I'm so scared right now. I lost everybody. And the show's over. I don't know what to do. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm so scared again. Oh my gosh. 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 I don't know what to do. Uh, remember, uh, www.yourgamesource.com for all your latest video game needs. Uh, oh, so scared, so scared, so scared. Uh, at Source, Tweet me, tweet us on Twitter. Uh, at GameSource. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Uh, at GameSource. Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I can't find anyone. I can't find my friends. What's that noise? What's that noise? Bonnie, Jamie, King, Source. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs>
2: what? You're—that's scary. the Halloween special is over. We're working. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Uh, this has been a Game Source production. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Do you love games, breed
1: games, and bleed games? Then this is a crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest delays in gaming news and content, all here at yourgamesource.com.